let's talk about sex. So, Corey, I don't know if this really has much to do with sex, but it does have to do with marriage. There was an accident around here recently in Middle Tennessee, and it turned out to sort of be okay, but originally this woman was hit by a bus. And nobody knew who she was. It was just the craziest thing. Like walking or in a car? She was walking. So, boom, hit wow. my butt. And, and so, finally, the the cops, the detectives kind of got a sense of where she lived. And they went and knocked on the door. And this guy answers the phone. And the cop says, excuse me, sir. And he holds a picture of this woman. And he says, but is this your wife? And the guy says, yes, that is my wife. And, she, and the cop says, well... I'm sorry, but it looks like she's been hit by a bus. And the husband said, oh, I know, but she's got a great personality. (laughs) That's so wrong. (laughs) That is so wrong because you had me. You you had me hooked. You you had me hooked on that one. I'm all like. How are you going to weave this into a show? I mean, this is a downer. <laughs> but no, it's not. <laughs> it's all about seeing what's best in your mates. <laughs> There's a great personality. This is Sexy Marriage Radio. Not depressing radio today. <laughs> Dr. Corey Allen and Gina Paris. And we want to hear from you. You can find us at sexymarriageradio.com where you can always leave a comment or any kind of feedback, or if you'd like to just send us an email, send it to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or call us at 615-56-SEXY-6. That is 615-567-3996. For those of you that can't make the letters into numbers very easily, like myself, just, just tell me the numbers. That's all I need to know. So Sexy Marriage Radio, we're glad you've joined us. And... Gina, I got a question for you. Okay, let's hear it. It seems like in a lot of our life, maybe all the different aspects of our life, the different roles that we play, the different responsibilities that we have, and those evolve and change as we go throughout our life. Those are, Mm -hmm. you know, at one point, we don't have kids. So all all we are is, like I'll just personalize it. All I am, all I would have been is husband, employer, employee, friend, Lover, I mean, all these different aspects of my life, and then I get, then we have kids enter the picture, and so now I got a whole new different set of roles that have that I've added to the list. So, it seems like one of the troubles with humans is we try to compartmentalize things of our life to make sense of our life, or to make it work, to make it function, and we would do that with our sex life, which to me would mean the likelihood of me putting it off would be a little bit easier if it's just a compartment of my life. But what if it became the entirety of my life? You know, if I was able to seamlessly integrate it into all of my life as well. Are you talking about sex or your sexual out sexuality? Yes. <laughs> incorporate sex. Well, it's, it's both. Incorporate sex. I, I think it's both. I mean, we've talked some about yes. the differences between masculine and feminine and how right. those two play off each other and how each person encapsulates both, but you're going to be predominantly one or another. You know, there's, there's 
women that have a really big masculine component to them. And then there's men that have a, a more feminine component to them. But it, there's a, a harmony between those two. There's a synergy between those two. There's a purpose between with those two. And so this would be, you know, I think our sexuality and our sex life are going to go hand in hand. Right. So if we did not compartmentalize it, if instead we worked with that sexual energy throughout our life, you're saying we could achieve something greater. Probably. Well, yeah, if I could see my sex life as part of me taking care of my kids and running them to and from school, that that's, that's my sexuality, that's my sex life, that that's, that's part of me. I could see it as me fixing dinner for my family because that's kind of, I, I get it started for sure most uh -huh. every day just because my wife works later than I do since I'm picking up kids, I'm home with them. Um, I'm, it's, it's cleaning the house. It's doing the yard work. It's you know, all the different things that we have to do in our life that make up our life. But my sex life is part of that. It's not just something I'm going to put off until after the kids go to bed. And so finally about eight 30, I can start thinking about making a move and need a little bit of time. Cause if she's had a long day, it's going to, I'm going to have a little bit of time to have to warm her up to the idea. You know, then it's by then it's nine 30 and she's tired. I'm tired. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. As you're talking, I'm thinking about Napoleon Hill in his book, Think and Grow Rich, which mm -hmm. is a very, very old classic. And right. He interviewed 500 of the wealthiest people of his day over a 20-year period. And he absolutely alludes to what you're talking about as being the 10th step towards acquiring riches. And that is channeling your sexual energy, basically. He uses words that are kind of hard to follow, but he's really is adamant that combining romance and sex and love and really that you need all three of them together, that that elevates men from ordinary to genius. Okay. So when you can combine those and then incorporate mm -hmm. that into the other aspects of your life, you can reach genius status. Yeah. He is saying that it unlocks, it puts you in touch number one with infinite intelligence, mm -hmm. which, you and I would say is, you know, real, probably the mind of God. Right. And that, and then it motivates, he says, almost all the men that he interviewed were motivated by the love of a woman. And so there's something that is so compelling about love and romance and, and that fire, I think that's ignited with the sexuality that's integrated. And he said, when people fail very often, that is a huge missing part of their life. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Yeah, I think of, um, I follow Donald Miller, you know, the Blue Like Jazz author. And yeah. and he's got a movie coming out. April 13th, Blue Like Jazz is becoming uh, hitting theaters. Wow. And great story. Um, but he made a comment of he had a chance to be invited along. There's a group of CEO guys that meet at some cabin in Montana or something, yeah. you know, once a year. And they just kind of, collaborate brainstorm accountability you know all these kinds of different things because you know you think of it we the general public i think we can get to where we look at these high-powered people and we're like oh well they got it so easy and stuff but then i think if you look at the people that do it man they are under a tremendous stress that we couldn't even busy. yeah i couldn't even com comprehend right um, i agree so but they he said he was surprised because when he went to this meeting a majority of the meeting and the time that the guys spent together was talking about their most important business relationship. 
and these were each guy was that's the way it was phrased that was the way it was framed was what is your vo most important business relationship and every one of them their wife that is so interesting you i've said the same thing about a a poll of millionaires mm -hmm. and typically they're the most successful ones that rate themselves as very happy are monogamous and in long-term marriages. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a great question. And how do we really integrate that? Cause it's one thing, cause I have a great marriage, but I'm certainly not <laughs> like <laughs> walking around aware of my sexual energy all day by a long shot. And I think I find myself a lot of times I I deal with all the stress or whatever's going on by kind of hunkering down, you know, closing in and hunkering down mm -hmm. where a sexual energy is very open and fluid. And it makes me feel vulnerable maybe to have to think about operating in that when maybe there's been a little bit of stress in the house or a little bit of, you know, friction. Mm -hmm. My response is hunker down. Okay. So I'm I don't have the answer totally. Well, I I don't know if there there's not going to be a, a generic one size yeah. fits all answer. I mean, if if that was the case with people's sex life, you and I would have done Sexy Marriage Radio episode four, called it a wrap, and just watched the money roll in. I mean, because we would have given people the silver bullet. It works. And charge, and it, yes, and charged for Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we would have. Well, seriously, Jeannie, we could have charged five bucks for <laughs> for our secret. And if it actually worked, we still would be rolling in the money. Because I think people are <laughs> mm -hmm. that desperate on the whole to want to find an answer. I mean, look at all the magazine titles at, at the sure. grocery store. You know, every single one of them has, unless it's like the Inquirer, but even those, they still have <laughs> sex kind of stuff in there. Mm -hmm. But they all have the five keys to whatever or make him do whatever or, you know, and so if one of those worked, then we wouldn't have any more magazines sold. Well, I don't know how many women feel like I do. You know, we're in that checkout line and we see Cosmo and the girl with all the cleavage and the in the big headline, 25 ways to, you know, what he really wants in bed. And in the little magazine next to it is a dollar with a cake on the cover. <laughs> I'll just get that one. I'll just take the cake. I'll just take the cake. Okay. So I, but yeah, so but it's, it's not about, flip side. yeah, it's not about having an answer to this. That I don't think exactly. you and I could, could divulge an answer that would be universal. That's, that's it. That's not possible. That's the same. That's along the same lines of a guy coming to therapy or emailing Simple Marriage or Sexy Marriage Radio or anything that I'm associated with, because I get these emails a lot, and he's searching for that silver bullet that will help him understand his wife <laughs> and make a happy marriage and make a smooth sailing life. And it just doesn't happen. I mean, we're too fluid and too exactly. moody in general as humans. I mean, that, that's just who we are. So it's more about, I think, asking some questions and then and seeking, our, yeah, seeking your own answers to those on 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 how you find answers. Self awareness, to right, right, and our self awareness, right. So it is a curious thing to to note, though, when we're talking about those magazines, how Cosmo and Maxim, ones to women, ones to men, why they both have the half naked woman on the cover. Why is that curious at all? <laughs> because people. <laughs> 
<laughs> how differently we're wired. Like women to feel sexual, we're not looking at naked men. No. We're looking at a sexualized version of woman. You know, right. we grab Cosmo because we want to say, wow, can I be that? sexy woman or right. else we look at it and just think oh please right yeah chocolate. I mean, it's, where's it, the chocolate yeah we're so wired differently because <laughs> i mean i guarantee you if it's anything like what happens in my house you know when my wife steps out of the shower i notice you know i'm all i'm fully aware of what's going on you know who she is I, I, all the time when i step out of the shower i think she's going you better not put that wet towel just right there on the floor <laughs> it better go on the rack, buddy. I, <laughs> you know, uh, but could be. But so I mean, it, wiring differences aside, there's still every human falls victim to the compartmentalized life. Men may have fewer compartments, <laughs> but yeah, and we hear that that men are all compartmentalized, and women that our brains are kind of like. Wired and like spaghetti, and, yeah. all you know, intertwined, and we're always aware of all this stuff. So, um, I just think I know in my case, it would help me to when I when I become aware, like this weekend, I was kind of aware there were times I was just hunkering down, mm-hmm. and I thought, all right, I need to manage my own energy here just so that I'll be kind because I'll. I'll feel yeah. myself, you're just not a, not kind and not certainly not seductive and, and operating in those things that are my strength, which is bringing out the best in the people around me. So I think, I don't know about calling it our sexual energy or if that's separate from our regular energy, love energy, spiritual energy, erotic energy, all of it. It's. I think there's a fine line between them if there's a line at all. I do too. I think they all, all kind of run together and they all can you be could say, focused or channeled certain ways. Absolutely. Because you could say, well, that's my sexual energy I'm going to bring to all this stuff. Or you could say, that is a form of worship, the way I do all this stuff. Yeah. And they would be the same yeah. caliber of opening yourself up. Yeah. Being open instead of closed. Mm hmm. Or or channeled towards something, you know, that it drives you after exactly. something. I mean, that's that's kind of probably the more masculine version of our sexuality is it drives you towards something. I mean, I, I don't I don't necessarily equate my sex drive as being open and vulnerable. I equate it more as a man right. on pursuit. Yeah, exactly. You which know, would be why, as a woman, I find yours, look, look yeah, at myself the, that's not the arousing fe- yeah, me at the, the moment. The female is more open, receptive. <laughs> right. Or the feminine. Let me rephrase it that way. The I think feminine. that's a better side of it. But so I guess one of the questions to, to ask yourself is, does everybody have a sex drive? I don't care about everybody. I care about me. Well, you got to ask that. I mean, because we all do a comparison shopping in the sense of I compare myself <laughs> to other people. And so they must, I just see all this sexualized culture going on. So everybody has a sex drive except me. So I'm abnormal. Well, are you? I don't, I think everybody has a sex drive. I think it's, I think it's a fundamental biological hardwiring within us to perpetuate the species. Sure. <laughs> I think that's just the way it is that mm-hmm. it, it's it's God designed and it, and it just is part of us. We can shut it down or tamper it or, or, or temper it is a better phrase or, 
you know, kind of squash it, maybe, but it comes out in other ways. And, and for you can be completely sexually alive and celibate as well. Sure. So I don't think that, you know, obviously for the single people who have a value of, of maintaining um, sexual oneness for inside a committed relationship or inside marriage, they're no less sexual outside of those relationships. Sure. So um, that's a that's just an interesting concept, you know, where some people feel like they don't have as much sex drive. I think I was telling you earlier that when I watch the Food Network, I am clearly not a foodie. Like, I really love a great meal. Right. Love it. But I can also eat a turkey sandwich for lunch 20 days out of 30. You know, I'm just really not. <laughs> I'm not a foodie that has to mm-hmm. have all these, my taste buds aroused on every level for every meal because that's what I get off on. And I think for some people, their, their sex life is that way. Mm-hmm. They love sex, but it's not what they think about all the time. And they're not um, so highly sexualized that that's kind of their thing. So another so question some, to add is what role does sex play in your life and how much of a role is that? Because that's, yeah, kind, of, that's because kind of knowing who you are. Exactly, knowing who you are and knowing what your relationship is. Because mm-hmm. everyone wants to know, are they normal? Is it imperative they have sex two or three times a week? Some people would say yes. I might say, hey, that's great if you can do that most weeks a month. That'll probably be really great for your relationship, but if not, it's probably some weeks are just not like that. Yeah, I get I get some couples that look at me really strangely when I when we start unpacking their their issue and what's going on, and the one that's the low desire oftentimes mm-hmm. feels like they're going to be coerced into upping their desire with therapy. That's that's why they're being drugged to therapy. Is well, there's something sure. wrong. Because you only want to have sex once a month or less or, or whatever. And so they come in with their guard up because they're, they're thinking, you're going to make me want to have sex with him. I mean, that's, and I went stereotypical there. It's obviously both sides. But, but they're always surprised when I look at the person that's the quote-unquote low desire and say, I'm not going to tell you one way or another that you need to have more sex. That's up to you. I'm going to tell you, you need to be honest with who you're married to. Because if you don't want to have sex as part of your life, they need to know that. Mm-hmm. And it, you're, ter- you're perfectly entitled to have no sex in your life if that's what you want. And so, yeah, but, your but, mate but should it. have a right to know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just have the courtesy and the respect to, to let the person that said I do to you know that. Don't play the games. Which then puts some pressure on both people to have to decide, well, what do I really want? Because oftentimes as men, it's really easy early in this process of growing up in marriage. It's really easy for me to equate good sex as frequency of sex. Mm-hmm. But then when you get into those situations where you maybe have lots of sex, like if you do one of those seven day sex challenges or the 60 day sex challenge or <laughs> whatever it is, that's out there. You realize that long sure. day four, <laughs> It's not good sex all the time. Sometimes it's just yeah. very, fairly functional sex. <laughs> you know, it's just get the job done sex. It's not a connection. It's just a physical thing. And then you realize, wow, it's, it's, there's a lot more complexity to sex than just. <laughs> to great sex. Sure. Yeah. Well, no, there's a lot more complexity to sex. Well. Than just, just 
penis and vagina. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's there's a whole lot more to it. When you get right down to it, I, it was in this funny conversation because I was talking with a, a colleague and we were talking about that whole idea of the sex challenges and are they, are they a good idea or not and what do they really provide and what do they not, you know, just kind of brainstorming and, and, and talking about things. And she made the comment, and she's an older older lady in her 60s, I think, and, and she made the comment of, it's funny because if you tried to do one of those long-term kind of sex challenges where you have it every day, as you're older, you're not capable of it, mm-hmm. you know. Fit, emotionally, you could maybe do it. You, you would reach right. your barriers and you would understand, okay, I, I can have more of me involved in this because I'm more comfortable in my own skin. But when you're younger, you're physically capable, capable maybe, but you're not emotionally capable. It's just <laughs> mentally exhausting. <laughs> right. So it's, it's like at one extreme, you can handle one component or one side of it, but not the other. And then at the other, you can handle the other component of it, not but not one. And it's just kind of... That's just true of our life, isn't it? That just when I thought I got a handle on this thing, something changed. Yeah, that's surprising actually to hear coming from a man because I would think it's so much more mental for a woman to try to do this every day. Well, but But, uh, but no, because then you start dealing with – I'll I'll go personal. I'll I'll just share some of my own life and growth. That Then I I start dealing with one one of my fears – this is confession time from Dr. Allen. One of my fears is, am I capable of coming through, of, of reaching climax when it comes to sex? You know, because there's okay. times where we're going at it. It's, it's been great, but then I lose that connection mentally or emotionally, and then it's just physical. And then mm-hmm. it's just this whole, uh-oh, I can't orgasm now. What do I do now? I better, you know, let's change positions. Or, and then, it, then I start reverting back to all the old porn crap. Exactly. Sure. And I fantasize or I would do other things, which is truly disconnecting and disrespecting my wife, who is right there with me at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so I'm then faced with, okay, I got to just power through. And I think every guy listening to this knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm just going to power on through. But at that point, she knows what's going on if she's at all engaged in the process. And it's very possible she wasn't that engaged either, but that's a different, right. that's a different show. So <laughs> then I ha- I'm faced with, do I slow down and reconnect and allow someone else to maybe take charge? Or do I try to just make sure I do it all myself? Because as men, it's that whole, I want to come through. I want to satisfy whatever it is I've been seeking or reach whatever goal it was. And in sex, it's orgasm. So I want to make sure I'm done. Well, as I've gotten older, and I mean, I'm only 40, but there's times where it's an indictment. If I can't, if, if I can't finish to completion, it's like my identity is at stake. But then when I get look back on it, I was like, no, it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm more than just a man that can just get an erection and ejaculate. I mean, come right. on, I'm I'm a whole lot more than that. So, <laughs> it's there's a whole big mental <laughs> component. Well, yeah, I was coming up, I was trying to come up with some big convoluted word that because right, that's what's right. going on. That it's 
it, it's a lot more involved than, and I got to learn how to just be much more present and allow my wife maybe to take charge or to just say, sit back. I got this, <laughs> you know, or, uh, it's hard for women too. We can be in the middle of something and suddenly think, oh, did I close the garage door? Is oh, the garage sure. door open? Is I, so, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's where, so and, but see, I would, I would phrase all of that. And here you go. This is a way to kind of maybe steer this back to our discussion. Whenever we disengage mentally or pull back emotionally, we've reached a threshold with our own intimacy tolerance right. level. Because intimacy at its core is just as likely to be comforting as it is discomforting. You know, yeah. we're going we're gonna to seek out closeness from somebody, and it's going to feel good when we're near them. But then we're going to reach a point where it doesn't feel good anymore. And that's when we typically just, try to get away. Sure. And so it could be in the middle of sex where you've reached that level of discomfort that I'm not as, I'm not as comfortable with this closeness anymore, so therefore I will shift into fantasy about someone else or about a prior experience or about whatever because I'm buffering myself from the discomfort, even though physically I haven't removed myself. Okay. So one of the things that you have to do to grow is learn how to lean into that, to learn how to tolerate that discomfort, to learn how to stay with it. You know, let's take, remove it from the sex arena for a second. You come home and your wife or your husband says, we need to talk about something. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's usually not great words. That's, that's usually, oh, trouble. <laughs> You know, dive, yeah. dive, dive. Oh, God. You know, you just want to get away from that. <laughs> Assume and, the position. Yeah, get out. Okay. <laughs> get it run at all costs. There's an emergency at the office. Do something. Get away. But what learning how to lean into that is to say, okay, what's what's going on? And then take it. And and be upset, be mad, be pissed, be whatever, but don't erupt and push them away, which is what an, a, an emotional reaction actually is doing. It's the same thing as running away. And don't run away. Stay with it and say, all right, I need some time to sort this out. And then take some time to sort it out and get right back to them. Or, and, and if you say that kind of a thing, I need some time to sort this out, that does not mean go turn on Sports Center and disengage. That's not sorting it out. That's running away. So it's learning how to stay with it and process, respond, whatever it is that needs to be done and lean into that and be uncomfortable during it, knowing it's going to produce something good, actually great on the other end. Well, that's always part of certainly my protocol for peak performance is always, always, always to acknowledge a distressing emotion. So it's the same thing. Acknowledge it, um, accept that, and then create the choice that you want to move forward. We always have the power of choice and this exact same thing, whether we're talking about in sports in in life in sex, the exact same thing, acknowledge that emotion. Cause so often we're afraid of how it's going to make us feel. So we'll do whatever, hunker down, Mm -hmm. run away, turn away. Mm -hmm. Instead of, like you said, embrace that emotion and offer acceptance and, and unconditional love for yourself and for whoever caused the emotions, and then you can just move through it, sometimes very, very quickly. Right. It's the and idea sometimes of, not so quick. of, of let go of the attachment to the outcome. Absolutely. And learn to be present with whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Learn, you know, take, it, take advantage of the time to learn whatever it is that's going on. 
because life teaches yes. us, man. You know, life teaches us all the time. And nowhere, no greater place is the, is the classroom more than in marriage. Yeah. You know, <laughs> inner, the inner. It creates core, a natural container. Yeah. I, I, the way I phrase it is marriage creates a natural container for our own growth. And that's what yes, it, that's absolutely. what it's designed for. And so I think. Go ahead. Coming full circle with this whole idea of awareness of the energy. I think that maintaining a state of gratitude is a huge part of it. Okay. So it's what you focus on. I think so. Yeah, because what you focus on grows. Absolutely. And if you're, and if here's here's just a neat a tip that comes to my mind, and this would work both male and female, because if you think of your sexuality and your sex life, there are ways that you define that. You know, I, I define myself as a man by fill in the blank, how I dress, mm -hmm. how I carry myself, what I do, where I spend my time, whatever it may be. So if you want to go as simple as how I dress, one of the ways you can incorporate your sexuality into the entirety of your life is put on something that you really enjoy underneath your clothes. You know, if you got some silk boxers, put those things on and go to <laughs> and, and, and go out for whatever. You know, because I can it's just one of those little things that when you think of it, when it triggers you know, if, if you put on a sexy bra, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know how often a woman thinks of their bra throughout the day, but I got to assume with as annoying as those things could be sometimes, <laughs> you know, you're fixing a strap. Well, train yourself to, okay, that's a trigger for my own sexuality. That Man, I am beautiful. I'm confident. I'm worth having. I'm worth wanting. I have a lot to offer in my own life and in my world. And mm -hmm. those, those little things can shift major yeah, things. And I, I encourage my girlfriends to say, you know, my ex sexual energy flows freely and abundantly, inspiring creativity in everything I do. So you just start saying mm -hmm. it. Get aware of it. Stoke the flames a little. Yeah. And if you have, if you have more of the masculine in you, you can stoke her flame quite a bit. Send her a little text message. Send her a little mm -hmm. call. You know, hey, what you thinking about? You know, I'm thinking of you. Just a little, you know, they're not sexting. It's just right. a sexy text or a sexy call. You know, it's just kind of talking to the deeper parts of us. Because if you think, think of how much energy that part of us has. You know, our, exactly. our sexuality. There is a wealth of, inf of, of energy there mm -hmm. that can do great things. And... Mm. If we can, when we can incorporate that into the entirety of our life, and to me, I don't, the word that comes out is be passionate. Be exactly. passionate about what you're doing. You know, one of the okay. things that really shifted it for me in my life, and I'll kind of, I'll wrap this show up with this. <laughs> when I was um, eight, nine years ago, I did several you know, years of therapy, kind of just getting my life in order. And... And I had really become just kind of a robotic existence. I was in the business world, had left the ministry, kind of had lost an identity for a while, and and I was just kind of being robotic about everything. And right. so one of the things that my therapist brought out, and he was a brilliant man, he, he asked, what do I do that I'm passionate about? And I had to really think about that for a while, and then I came up with, well, I play basketball. That's one of the things that I really enjoy. 
that it's lots of fun. And he said, well, tell me about Corey on the court versus Corey off the court. And it struck me that, man, I have so much more fun on the court. What's different about me then? Other than the fact that I'm competing in a game and it's real easy to quantify it. Mm-hmm. And it was because I was much more fluid and open about things. I, w- I would trash talk. I would crash, you know, track, crack jokes. I would just laugh. I was just having fun with people. And I realized I need to incorporate that into the, entire, into the rest of my life. And when I did, major things shifted for me. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about here is – your sex life is all of you, mm-hmm. if you'll let it be. And it, can, and it can provide great things, not only for your marriage. It, it can provide great things for your life, for your kids, and in turn, the world. Yes, yes. for your legacy. Yeah. I completely believe that. And so to it's, reach your potential. It's move sex from beyond a component or compartment of your life or a thing on the to-do list and make it all of your life. Not just the act of sex. We're not, we're not talking about that. That's not yeah. possible. <laughs> we're, not, we're not proposing that. But it is that whole be who you were designed to be, uniquely and wonderfully made. And live Very from good. there. And live passionate. Well, this is Dr. Corey Allen, Gina Parrish with Sexy Marriage Radio. We are glad you've Come joined on. us. Yep, come see us at sexymarriageradio.com. Leave your feedback and keep listening. We hope you'll subscribe. We'll see you next time. Let's talk about it.